What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a bonus episode of Ten Year Town. This is our second Q and A episode. Thank you guys so much for all these great question submissions. I love doing these. I love getting to uh, hang with producer Ben and uh, try and you know wax poetic about all these great questions. Um, we got to all of our submissions this time. Uh, except for one, which was from Jill, which just asked the best way to reach the pod. And uh, Jill, the best way to reach the pod is just send us a DM on uh, Instagram and we'll get you sorted. As always, submit your questions for the next one at tenuretown.com. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Let us know what you think. Here it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the questions and answers portion of Tenure Town. Q&A, baby. Q&A, baby. How you doing, Troy? I'm good. How are you, Benny boy? I'm pretty good, man. Nice. How was your day? Dude, it's great, man. Living the dream. It's good, dude. How about you? Pre- dude, honestly, I feel like we had a similar day, dude. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you know how the you know how this works. We got some questions. All right. We're Hope- just going to dive right in. I think so. Hopefully you've got some answers. We'll see. See if I got it today. Um, all right. Well, let's just dive into it. We got our first question from Mr. Mark here. Okay. As a, as a new songwriter in town, what is the best way to get my songs heard? Uh, what are some like open mics, writers rounds, social media? I have a bunch of uh, demos, but how do I get people to listen to them? Mm, that's a good question. Um, so I feel like a lot of people like over over index on like, how do I get people to listen to these new songs? And like, I think that your focus should be more on like just trying to write more, more and more and more. Because I remember like when I was in college, I had this songwriting class and I had like my 10 songs or whatever. And then the teacher was like, it's awesome. They need like a thousand more. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is like way too many. Mm. But um, it was true. I did. I needed to write like a thousand more songs to really figure out what was what was good, which is really hard information to hear sometimes because you don't, you know, it's so hard to write one. But I think just focus less on like, how do I get people to hear these and focus more on like trying to be consistent and finding a way to write every day or as often as you can kind of on a schedule. And if you're not in a co-write, that's going to be a lot of writing probably by yourself, which may take a while, but putting time in consistently as often as you can will, will help your songwriting greatly. That's probably the, the greatest like hack there is, right? It's just pouring your time into it and you'll get better naturally. Mm -hmm. As far as like, what are the open mics and stuff in Nashville? I, I am not super familiar. I'm sure we can like find a list for people. Um, but I think there's like, what, like is Bel- Belcourt tap still a thing, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, do you know of any others? You're, um, you're, you're more I know, on the scene I know, than I am. I know pitch meeting is a pretty cool way to meet songwriters and also meet, I mean, the, the house, basically it's a house band and they have writers come up on stage. It's basically like an open mic. Yeah. Um, 
but you have a band behind you and they're incredible musicians and you go up and if you know what the national number system is or if you know how to write charts or something, you can bring a chart up on stage and give it to them or you can just literally start playing your song and they'll come in. Oh, that's They'll cool. figure out the chords and they'll expect what you're going to be at next. Oh, cool. But yeah, so there's a thing called pitch meeting. I think that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. Meet a bunch of musicians first off and then also you get to meet a bunch of writers in town which is cool because there's all you know always different writers there. Yeah, Live Oak I know does a ton of rounds and that's a really good social thing. Yeah, Whiskey I, Jam. I think if you're just starting out here, like one of the things that I would highly recommend is just going to that stuff and like you can all there's always stuff going on. You yeah. can find it, you know, Whiskey Jam and stuff like that. And then the other thing that I'm always surprised by is I meet meet someone and I'm, they're like, hey, do you want to write? I'm like, I don't know, maybe do you have anything you can send me? And it's like, oftentimes like the answer is like, no. Mm. Or they're like, oh, I have to get it together or something. It's like, if you're, if you're trying to do this, like get a SoundCloud link or a Dropbox with, with your songs, like your best stuff, like have it ready to go. So you can pretty easily, cause I know when someone like asked me to write, like I've got maybe like five minutes before I'd never like, I, I just, I'll just forget about mm. it. So if someone like, you know, if, if I'm in a place where I can listen or something like that and someone can send it to me right away, like that, that really shows me that they're like serious about it, which yeah. I'm, you know, I'm always surprised that people aren't as serious as I feel like they should be. Yeah. And that doesn't need to be like a hundred songs. No, it should be like five songs. <laughs> yeah. Max, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that's great. Um, uh, oh, another another kind of part of that question was I have a bunch of demos. How mm-hmm. do I get people to listen to them? Um, again, I wouldn't focus too much on on getting. Um, you know, I I don't know. You know, you, I wouldn't recommend like cold emailing them to a publisher or something because mm. typically publishers don't like that. But what you can do is is if you feel comfortable, like throw up snippets on on your social media on Instagram like of you just playing them with an acoustic guitar or like a Dropbox thing that's really popular um and I mean you just never know but it doesn't really you know cost you anything to try yeah 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 and then also I feel like another thing is like once you kind of get in with some more people and have you know more people at your disposal to share songs with yeah. if there are you know and that's after you've written 50 100 more songs or whatever if those first 10 songs that you wrote if there's still one or two in there that you're like okay yeah this one actually still does stand out then like you've now made those connections and you can now still share those if you feel like you really need to yeah because i understand like having like 10 songs and you're just starting out like maybe those are still really important to you and they feel like they could be the right thing to have in front of somebody and you just don't have those ears but it's like those songs will always exist yeah yeah, they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. So, all right. We've got another question here from Danielle. What is your advice to an introvert who usually writes by herself, is working on playing more rounds, but also desperately wants a publishing deal? Oh, great question. Yeah. Um, I'm very introverted. So I totally, totally understand that sort of dilemma. Mm. Um, but I think, um, the can, can you repeat sorry like the the second half of that question i i focused on introverted well what is your advice to an introvert who usually writes by herself is working on playing more rounds and also desperately oh but desperately wants a publishing mm. deal okay so i think 
you're going to need to get out of your comfort zone um, and like kind of lean into that, like that sort of like part of you that wants to just, you know, be introverted. It's like, all right, but you got it. You got to go out to stuff. You're going to try and get your way onto a round somehow. And even if it terrifies you, like just play the round because you don't know. But if your songs are good and you're playing on a round, like people are going to come up to you, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, especially, um, I mean, I, I feel like most of the the like newer writers I've met have been because I heard them play it around. I was like, "What is that song? That song is really good." So I think just being out, you know, is is um, is is unfortunately <laughs> part of it, and that can be, you know, there's there's a lot of ways to like play rounds now. There's like actually going to rounds, and like again, there's like posting stuff online that people can find, but. You know, especially with Instagram, like um, it's so as you go out and, and as you run into more people in Nashville and you guys start to follow each other, like that's how you build that community. So even if you do want to post more online, like they're more likely to see that if they follow you because you met them at Live Oak or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it is hard, you know, when you're shy to to meet people. But I just I've just tried to like overcome it as best I can. A lot of the best songwriters I know are incredibly introverted. So I think yeah. it just takes, you know, putting yourself out there, which is hard. <laughs> if the people that you're meeting aren't feeling exactly like you're feeling yeah. right now, they probably have at one point. And I, I think that's important to realize too, is like a lot of people feel the same way that you do. 100%. Yeah. I feel like a lot of like social gatherings of musicians and writers <laughs> is often incredibly anxiety inducing for most of the people there (laughs) basically it's a lot of awkward conversations and we're all just like trying to get to the point where we can create and make art together in like a really genuine way but it's kind of hard to do those first like interactions that feel not as genuine but it's like yeah and i I think you can think about it in the same way that you think about songs right it's like okay if i'm gonna write you know if i need 10 good songs i'm gonna need to write 100 well if i need 10 good co-writers i'm gonna need to meet at least 100 people and you know if you focus on going out to a round once a week and you do that for a year you're gonna meet you're gonna meet hundreds of people Mm. you know and that that's like a great way to kind of figure out who who your people are yeah yeah all right well moving along here we've got another question from philip okay what is an appropriate percent of the master to ask for as an independent writer? Ooh, that's a I great love that question. question. Yeah, great question. Very topical right now. Um, <clears throat> I think you know what what we're obviously discussing here is not like songs. If if the artist is signed to a major label, like you're not going to get any master percentage. It's just it's not going. There's not enough of the pie left. Um, but if you are writing with an independent artist and they put it out like i wouldn't i would encourage everyone artists and songwriters to like have these conversations now because it is i think everyone feels awkward about it but um it's it's really important now because it's kind of the only way that people are are making any kind of you know significant money um and i think a good starting point is like you know five percent per writer i think it really depends on uh, if there's 10 writers on a song for some reason like you know you're gonna have to figure it out but um i think a lot of people are like 
over necessary over like they're like kind of selfish with the master income and i don't know why because you're really just investing in your community Hmm. when you're giving master share to writers you're you're signaling to your songwriting community like hey i value you and that is going to pay dividends for you it's going to make people want to write with you um and it's going to make people excited when you release a song because look if we're just getting started out like the chances of a song getting like a million streams or something like that are like pretty low but um if it does guess what everybody's making money and if it gets less than that then for the the person that put the song out like it's not really you know it's it's sort of like if if you give someone five percent of a hundred dollars like you know you still got 95 dollars. it's pretty good mm. <laughs> yeah so i think like around five percent of writers probably a, a pretty good starting point and that's just my opinion i know i've got other artist friends that completely disagree with me so i, I guess i do need to qualify that that's just how i think about it but everybody's got a different opinion yeah but it is kind of a can be a touchy topic it, it definitely can be a touchy to- like i don't know i mean I, I know people who are on both sides of that who are very happy with giving away points you obviously being one of those people and then yeah. I know also people who don't do that as much i think i mean i think uh, you know maybe as a, this is a little bit more for like a musician than it is like writers uh but like if you're a musician on an independent song, I think you need to know what your worth is. And if you're not getting points on something in that kind of situation, because there's a lot of people who are musicians on songs or producers on songs and, you know, it's independent. We're all kind of like starting out and Mm -hmm. maybe just don't ask for anything. But I think starting out with those kind of conversations early and even if it's just your friend's getting that down in writing it's like really good practice yeah because like i know for me now like i'm i'm having more of those conversations and the conversations that i had a while ago with friends like kind of learning how to do that was helpful too so like i don't know just just building good habits basically of at least having that conversation it's it's actually more stressful to not have it ironed out yeah you know like because everyone's just like wonder i think we were coming back from a gig and somebody else in the band was talking about a situation they were in and it was like yeah i get i get it it's stressful sometimes it feels like the train has left the station and you're trying to like figure it out down the road um but yeah i mean it might be a little bit uncomfortable to bring it up but i i don't know i mean someone can answer you truthfully and if they don't want to give you anything that's okay too you just gonna you're just gonna make your own decision about whether it's worth it yeah to you to keep you know putting your time into that thing yeah yeah good question all right got another question from brent here okay what advice would you give to an independent who is starting to get attention from the industry okay i I don't know if they mean as an artist or as a Uh, songwriter but um i would say just keep doing what you're doing because whatever you're doing is getting attention yeah think a lot of people start to get attention and they they start to call it turtle so they go they they uh, maybe they're posting a lot they start to get attention and they're going oh i don't want to mess it up so they they retreat Mm. you know but if if you're doing something that's getting attention just keep doing that um and all you're ever going to do is increase your your leverage you know um 
or make people more excited, get, get maybe more eyes on the thing that you're doing. But, um, yeah, my, my advice would be to like, just keep, keep pressing forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Love that. Well, we've got another question from Kaysen here. How does it all work financially? How does a songwriter get compensated versus the artist that sings it? Ah, good question. So the music industry royalty payout is kind of confusing. Um, but essentially there are on a recording, there are two main revenue streams. So there is the master recording and then there is the publishing side of the song. So, um, you know, typically on, on, for every dollar coming in about 85% of the money goes to the master side and 15% of it goes to the publishing side. Um, the, the only caveat to that is that if a song is played on the radio, all of the money goes to the publishing and none of it goes to the, the master side. So that's kind of why the music industry is in a weird place right now, because it used to be that songwriters were okay with not getting paid on the master because of radio, but radio is kind of, I don't know if it's, if it will ever go all the way away, but it's certainly like trending much more towards streaming. Obviously I think everybody kind of intuitively understands that. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, an independent artist will, will collect all of their, um, master revenue. And then, um, you know, if there's, two writers on the song then of that other side. So the, the publishing side, which would be about 15% of the revenue, they would split that part. Um, but then once you start getting record labels and stuff involved, like they're taking a pretty significant portion of the, of their master revenue. Um, cause they need to get paid back. And, um, yeah, it's just like a, it's, it's a very complicated model. That's, honestly probably a bit hard to explain over a podcast but um should make like a like a youtube explainer at some sure there's something there's gotta be but 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 basically you know for every dollar that comes in 85 percent goes to the master and 15 percent goes to the to the publishing yeah yeah all right got another question from bryce here okay hey troy when will i know or what do i need to do to be ready to move so basically like when do I know I need to move and what oh. do I need to do to get ready before I move? Uh, what do I do when I get there? Thanks in advance. Love the podcast. Okay. Um, so that's a interesting question. Kind of like, what do you need to do to be ready? Um, you know, everybody moves at different stages of their career. I think if you, you know, got a, got a notebook full of songs, um, I would just move here and yeah. and like start to figure it out. Like I think, you know, you should have the expectation that you're going to have to find some kind of job to like probably tie yourself over. Um, most people have to do that. That's just mm-hmm. kind of part of the the journey. Um, but as far as like being ready, like I mean, I think you know Nashville is a, a town where you got to put the time in. So don't don't make excuses. Like if you if you got the ability to come here, like, come on, you know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta start, uh, start the process somewhere. Um, but yeah, as far as like 
other things that you need to do to be ready. Like I just trying to have some money saved up and, and, but I think the main thing is just the mindset of understanding. All right. I don't have any expectations. I'm just going to come to Nashville. I'm going to be a sponge, go to stuff, learn as much as I can and just try and, and meet people and, and get better at writing. And, um, you know, this is, this is the place to do it for sure. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? I don't know. I mean, I mean, you're from here, so it's kind of different. I know. You know, I've lived here my whole life. Yeah. But everyone that I've met that has moved here, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like there was this overarching thing that was like, oh, boom, here's now exactly the time I need to make this move. Like, a move is a big deal, you know? Yeah, of and course. And I think maybe for some people that will, you know, make sense. I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example where that would be an option where it's like, oh, duh, I have to do this. Like maybe if you're blowing up on social media or something, but like, when do you know that you need to make a life decision that big? Like you don't know, you never know. I don't think No. like it's just something that you got to do. So first of all, it's just, I don't know, believing in yourself enough. Yeah. If you have that confidence, cause you have to believe in yourself more than anyone else will. Cause like no one cares about your career as much as you do. So you're the... And they never will. Yeah. You are the one that is going to move that needle when you get here. Yeah. So know that you at least have that in you. Maybe you don't have to be 100% there right now, but like if you're moving to a new city to pursue something like that, like you believe in yourself a lot. Yeah. So if you feel that, you feel compelled to do that, do it. Do it. And I don't know, man. I know. It's scary. I'm just trying to think. It's a leap of faith. You know what I mean? I think I moved here... Like, because my lease in Dallas was ending Mm. and I was like, guess this is the time, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I think fate kind of steps into, you know, you'll, you'll get something will, that was kind of the last little push in the behind I needed to, to, uh, to get me to Nashville. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess keep an eye out for signs like that too. Like maybe it's time, you know? And Hey, that, that sign's going to come up at least every six months or if you're month to month every month <laughs> it's right. like but don't be afraid you know you do you do just have to kind of it, it it's a leap of faith for sure yeah yeah and there's also so many people that are moving here you know i mean it's nashville it's like one of the largest like fastest growing cities in the united states right now yeah. like there are so many people moving here to do exactly what you're doing you're going to meet other people here that are in the exact same position as you so like there will be a community that you can fall into relatively quickly i don't know i, I feel like meeting people here is not something that is hard to do no um, no yeah that and i that, i think which makes nashville special i think for sure a hundred percent i think it's you know it and I, I I've noticed it in in other cities like in college I lived in New York and then um, you know there are other places like that where a lot of people are not from there you know where I was in Dallas I felt like everyone was just from there so mm-hmm. people were not super interested in like making new, <laughs> new sure. friends but yeah Nashville like almost everybody's a transplant so people are people are very you know open to whatever new friendships and stuff like that yeah 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 all right what's next. Next up, uh, we got a question here from Josh. Okay. How should I start my songwriting career? Oh, man. That is a big question. Uh, I would say the first thing that you need to do if you want to be a songwriter is obviously write songs. Write a song. Make it, start. make it a job. Make it, you know, get that time in. I was thinking earlier today. 
uh, I was talking to somebody about about playing golf, and uh, I am not a very good golfer, and I know that I will never be a good golfer until I decide that I want to pour hours of my week into playing golf. Right? It's just it's not going to magically happen that I'm going to wake up and be great at golf. Sure. Um, and I don't have time for that right now. Sure. <laughs> but I for for me with songwriting, you know, when I when I got out of college, I moved back to Dallas and I remembered just writing every day. 11 to 1, I wrote. And I had a couple jobs that I really didn't like that gave me a ton of anxiety. But every day I did, I just sat in my, at my desk and wrote 11 to 1. And sometimes I wouldn't write anything, but I mm. tried to put that time in more days than not. And I think that that gave me such a strong foundation when I did move to Nashville and was writing, co-writing often in writer rooms. Like, you know, I still had a lot to learn, but I knew, you know, something. Yeah. I had some base knowledge of of how to do it. And and there's a lot of great books um, you can read. Pat Patterson has a few, like Writing Better Lyrics. Um, and, you know, there's resources like podcasts like this. There's other podcasts about songwriting that are great. And I think just absorbing as much information as you can about the craft of songwriting will probably help you. But, um, the, you know, the, the key to the door is definitely like having great songs. And the only way to get great songs is to get to get writing. Yeah. 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 Was that good? No, that was good. Okay. I'm trying you to just think. just didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I would want to add to that. Yeah. I don't know. It's a pretty goaded answer, to be honest. I mean, how do you start a songwriting career? Yeah, I mean, it's like, how do you become a professional baseball player? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you just start, you know? Yeah, start walking. And I think that's also, like, it's kind of part of it, too. It's like, how do you start your songwriting career? It's like, man, like, if you're at a point right now where, like, you haven't even necessarily started a songwriting career or something, but that at least to me sounds like that you are, okay, I want to be involved with music professionally. Yeah. You know, there are so many other doors that are open in the music business other than even just songwriting. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, if you want to start a songwriting career, you know, obviously start writing songs, mm -hmm. but if it's just the beginning of this journey, like, I don't know, never like necessarily turn your nose up to any other opportunity that's going to come your way like i started out as a guitar player yeah you know i didn't set out to be like how do i start my guitar playing career and then turn away every other door that wasn't leading to that guitar playing thing right you know they had this do this thing in in college that was like create your five-year plan and then <laughs> tell me you know exactly what the steps that, that dude i really didn't like that because it's like when you're starting out with something like how do i start a songwriting career Awesome. Like that's an awesome question and it's an awesome thing to be thinking about. But like, that's like, I don't know. It's like, that's a dream. You're dreaming, right? You're, yeah. you're dreaming of this ideal thing that you want to be doing while you're alive. And that's exciting. And if you start putting this thing on it, it's like, okay, we'll do this and this and this. And then you'll eventually find these people to get a publishing deal. And then you'll start writing songs for like three to four years, maybe do it for another seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. And then you'll have like your number one and then you'll be a number one songwriter and blah, 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 win a Grammy. Like, yeah, it just uh, like, obviously it doesn't work like that, but like, I think that there is some people who can get like super stuck in the idea of like, well, I want to be this for my life. Like it, it it's only going to 
my dream's only going to come true if I'm doing you know, artistry and I'm playing, I, I remember they had like a, a lot of people in, in college would be like, I want to be an arena artist. Like that was like the, the sentence. And like, yeah. if you're going about something like only being like, well, I want to be X or whatever. It's like, whenever you see all these options for A, B, C, D, E, F, G come into your, you know, peripherals, you're yeah. just going to block it out if you're just zoned in on this one thing. So it's like, how do you start a songwriting career? How do you start a career in music? Just like start moving along and follow the things that you find that you love and follow the things that you find that, I don't know, just bring joy to your life. We're just trying to, yeah. just trying to, it's, there's a lot more than just our career going on right now, you know? Yeah, and dude, it's, it's a long trip. You got to enjoy it. Enjoy the ride, man. Yeah. That's the whole Mr. thing. Mr. Beeson, enjoy the ride, That's man. right. That's what he said. Yeah. yeah. And same thing, like you were talking earlier, like I know Jacob Davis on an episode a couple weeks ago was talking about, you know, he was working on the oil rig or whatever. And when he moved down to Nashville, his boss was like, man, just go down there and treat it like a 40, 60 hour a week job, like yeah. whatever it is. Like just put your heart into it and, and put your hard work into it as much as you can. And obviously if you're working another job, you can't probably put 60 hours a week into doing something in the music industry, but you know, wherever yeah. your free time is like, yeah, that's where to spend it. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yep. All right. We got a question from Michael. Do you have any advice on how to break through into the industry while located elsewhere? Is there anyone in the game that's killing it right now, writing country music that's not based primarily in Nashville? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. I think right now it is easier than ever to to make it um, not based in in Nashville. Sure, I still I think if you want to like do that mainstream Nashville songwriter game, kind of got to be in Nashville. There's there's really no way around that. But if you want to make a living playing music, um, being an artist, being a songwriter, whatever, like you you don't have to you don't have to be here necessarily. Um, I think basically if you want to do that like the the tools you got to focus on or like you're gonna to have to lean into the social media which mm. has its own you know venomous snake in your house qualities right <laughs> um because you're you're kind of playing to an algorithm um but but i i think if you've got great music that that you want to share that you believe in like you can find a way to, to get people to hear that through social media and, and you never know what's what's going to connect. Mm. Um, and then an, another thing that I that I think is kind of underrated right now is like building fans like the old-fashioned way, like playing shows live. Like it's, it, it, it feels different because, you know, you're not getting a million views on a TikTok or something. Maybe yeah. you're playing to like five people or a coffee house or whatever, but those fans that you get that way like i can think of like i'm going uh to play a show in dallas in a couple of weeks and like i know that there's people at that show that have been coming to my shows for like eight or nine years yeah you know that have seen me play 50 times and you know you can't really like fake that history that you have with those with those people so um i think just like finding whatever way you can to like get your fans and and you know share your share your art like it's it's hard but it's also not rocket science like you just got to show it to them yeah. any any way you can yeah yeah what about like predominantly just being a writer for that you know yeah 
I don't I don't know. I think writing um you know like as as like a writer that has no interest in in you know showcasing their 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 talents as a, as an artist or something mm. like I, I think it would be pretty pretty hard. There are very successful writers that do not live in Nashville now um that are writing like mainstream Nashville songs now. But <laughs> like word probably. Well, and they but they also lived here for a while. Exactly. You yeah. know, like at a certain point you have the network, you can kind of camp out to wherever you need to, but um you know, you got to build that. You got to build that network and 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 this type of songwriting is very um you know, it's a it's a business, unfortunately. Yeah. Or fortunately. I don't know. I like making a living doing this. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a, a way to do it. And it's here. <laughs> you know, for this style at least and for the Nashville country thing. Yeah. Absolutely. But they're like if you look at like some of these people that are like crazy successful on TikTok that are doing the independent artist thing like a nick d or a connor price which i don't know if you're familiar with them but like you know they they found a couple people to help them and they do all of it themselves and they're yeah. not interested in signing a record deal and they're not interested in having a manager or playing the game they just want to do their thing and um i think they do very very well so there's there's definitely paths to to making it happen it's just you got to figure out what you want yeah yeah for sure all right Mr. Jason has got a question for us. For those of us who are not artists, but still want to perform, get practice, network, should we be playing our absolute best commercial songs at places like the Commodore or free-for-all venues, or reserving those for more protected venues such as Bluebird and Listening Room? Likewise, what about putting them online in snippets to grow Instagram channel or is that not our prerogative? Should we just keep these songs secret for the artists we want to reach? Okay. So I think what this person is asking is like, should I should I protect my best songs? Yeah. Um, and I would say, you know, no. Yeah. <laughs> Get those out there however you can. Share them however you can. I, I think at this point now, um, in, in, you know, like where I'm at in my career, like my, my very very best songs like i will not like share them online because i i i have like the 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 network to get them to the the artists that i think should record them or sure. whatever but if i were just getting started like no you got to have your best stuff out there yeah. like your best stuff is the only stuff that's going to have the the juice yeah you know otherwise i mean people are not going to care about a mediocre song and if you got a great song people are going to really care about it and it's going to open up all kinds of doors for you so i would say you know always throw your best stuff yeah yeah at, no it, matter where it is yeah. doesn't matter but always you know in pretty much every circumstance lead with your best stuff yeah 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 that's my advice what do i know um well that's pretty good okay you got any other questions ben anything on your mind i don't know Okay. How does this all work? How do you how do you keep a level head while trying to juggle all these things? Most of these questions are obviously coming from independent people, yeah. you know, either some of them not in Nashville, which is awesome that they're finding this podcast and listening to it and getting no advice and stuff. Just 
I don't know, man. How do you how do you try to keep a level head while trying to pursue something as <laughs> challenging as this is? Because this is probably like, I mean, I always know my my dad did music for a long time, and he's like, mm-hmm. man, it's you know, find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. But also, this is like the hardest thing that you're ever gonna have to do. Yeah. And like, if you want to be successful at it, you need to work incredibly, incredibly, incredibly hard, and you have to work harder than everyone else. Yeah, because there's thousands of people competing for the job that you have. No doubt. Like. How do you, what, so like, how do you like not yeah, go insane? What are things that, what are things that you do? I don't know, to try to help um, mitigate that kind of yeah. internal battle. <laughs> I mean, it's a constant struggle. Yeah. It's a constant reframe of, of like, I'm really hard on myself sure. for, for weeks or months at a time. Sure. And then I'll hit periods where for whatever reason, it's just like, it's not like it's easy, but like, I feel like I've got the thing at cruising at like a, a nice steady, like 65, you know, on some flat terrain. So like I'm still burning gas, but I'm not like way up in the red, Yeah, you know? And sometimes you got to climb a hill, you know, and then hopefully Kick you get down to the gear floor it. Yep. Yeah. But, but I, I think like what I'm just tr- constantly trying to remember is like, I look back at where I was a year ago or four years ago and I'm like, all right, you're doing it, man. Yeah. Like it's so easy to to uh miss the forest for the trees and like think you're not getting anywhere, but like if you're if you're like putting in the time, like you're getting somewhere. Yeah. I prom- even if it's like not reflecting in your bank account right now. You know, like I promise you're getting somewhere. And like look, just being like really honest, like I have had a lot of success over the last like two years as an artist and i have had success as a songwriter but still like for me and i mean it's ironic because it's like a songwriting podcast like my songwriting career is like not where i want it to be yet Mm. but i and i have like a lot of you know a couple cuts this year that like got pushed to next year and you just don't know what's gonna happen are they gonna come out like you don't know and that's really hard, right? And like, I'm like a signed writer with a published deal. I get a, you know, sweet little draw and get to write in rooms. And I got all the fancy toys, you know, that like people work, help me with my calendar and pitching my songs. And like, bro, it's still just like brutally hard. Yeah. And I just try and like kind of detach myself from the results of like, you know, oh, well, this this song on this artist didn't come out because because I'm already going like, oh, well, this artist cut my song. I wonder if it's going to be a single. Yeah. You know, the song's not even out yet. And Whereas like fast, you know, re- or rewind like yeah. five years. Oh, dude, this person just cut my song. Exactly. Like, like, so you're just, you're constantly like raising the expectations on yourself, but I can't control any of that. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I genuinely like feel this way and I've, I've, for whatever reason, I don't know why I've been in a good place about it recently, but it's like, I really do feel like so lucky to like be in the game. And like, I try and constantly recognize that like, you know, I, I'm doing it and it's not like a joke. Cause sometimes you're like, is this all a joke? Mm. Am I kidding myself? Mm. <laughs> you know, but like we had somebody on yesterday that like wrote fancy like, and that was their first number one. They were like 11 years deep into the game. Yeah. So like think about that. Your first like massive songwriter success comes 
11 years in and it's like, I'm sure for Josh, that was like a life-changing amount of money. Mm. I, if I, I don't know, but I would have to guess that was a really big song. Yeah. So like, yeah, you got to survive. I always say like you survive and dumb stuff happens all the time. Yeah. But it is, it is like, it's a slog, man. And you really got to find people that you enjoy doing it with, you know, whether that's in business or like, just like, you know, a partner or whatever. Cause like, you're going to have dark days yeah, and you're going to have days where you don't want to do it anymore. Um, but you know, I think if you love it, you'll, you keep coming back to it and it will, you know, if I look at it rationally, historically, it's always paid off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always feel that way, but, um, yeah, like it, and you know, you just got to have faith in that it will happen. Does it, does it feel that way for you? Like, do you feel like you're in the weeds or? I mean, yes, but. But you got to look back at your own career from a year ago. Sure. Feel pretty good about sure. it. Sure. And I mean, yeah, I mean, just even a year ago, it's a lot different. But I think like what's been the most helpful thing for me, you know, I mean, take a look at the title of this podcast, Ten Year Town. Yeah. That's a saying, you know, you hear it thrown around, you know, you kind of know what it means for sure. But like all these stories that we're hearing, like we're learning like I'm just learning how deep of a meaning that is. Ten year town, like ten yeah. years of your life, maybe to get to this point of what, like maybe monetary success looks like, right? Yeah. And if that's like your goal for those ten years, like those are going to be horrible ten years, and like you can make money doing way easier jobs. You know, maybe different, whatever, easier, however you want to look at that. More but straightforward like, careers, let's say. What What has just like. I think then the biggest thing for me is just trying to reshape like what does my day to day look like? Yeah. Like, can I be moving my career forward in a way that I'm proud of at the end of the day? But also, like what else am I doing in my life that's making me feel happy and good and feeling like I'm making connections with the people in my life that I care about? Yeah. Like it's it's ten years. I don't want to do it alone and I don't want to do it chasing some monetary no, it, gain if you're you know? just chasing a result you're just never gonna it, it's gonna be so empty you know it's not about the the result is like you know something that happened so long after like the thing that you did that got you there like it doesn't even really matter like i know i'll get a number one song as a songwriter someday and like by the time that happens like i'll be super stoked but like I already know that like, that's not the thing, you know, that's like a, that's like a byproduct of, of getting to, to be in the, in the game. Yeah. You know? But yeah. it is, uh, it is mentally taxing at yeah. times for sure. Go for a walk, yeah. go for a bike ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I picked up biking this year and it was literally like the best thing that ever happened Dude, in my life. Best thing that ever happened to my mental health, physical health, yeah. everything. Find a hobby. And yeah. And, and like, look, I don't want to like undersell how hard it is. Like my typical day is I wake up, I eat a little breakfast, go on a quick walk and then I'll go right for four hours yeah. and then I'll come home and eat. And then, you know, like I put a lot of time into my artist career. So I probably put three or four hours a night into making TikToks, yeah. sending emails, 
calling people, just making sure everything is working. And I probably do that six to seven days a week. I mean, I don't write on the weekends, but like, I mean, if I added up the time, I'm spending at least, I'm working probably at least 60 to 70 hours a week, if not, if not more. Uh, probably, dude, I feel like I, I talked to you like, I don't know, like last weekend or something like that. And I'll be like, ah, oh, man, I feel like I need a day off. And you're like, yeah, well, I took today off. Well, I mean, I actually ended up working for about eight hours straight, <laughs> yeah. but it felt like a day off for some reason. Yeah, because I, because I, I, time I get to spend just like exploring, that's where like the best ideas for my business. And when I talk about my business, I'm talking about my artist career is like, I just sort of sit at my desk and like, I'm like working on something. I'm like, oh, I can change a Facebook ad here. Mm. And then by doing that, I'm like, oh, I should repost this video in this way. And, you know, you just try a bunch of different things every day and then something stupid will happen on a video you posted three weeks ago and that will like make me quite a bit of money in like a three hour period because I like some video went viral for some reason. Yeah. You know, but it's just like trying to put those irons in the fire and like some days I don't like it and it feels like a like a sick compulsion that I'm doing it. But other days like, it doesn't feel like anything like, and I mean, it just feels, it's like easy. Yeah. yeah you know, exactly. I'm just, I'm just doing the, doing the thing. So I, but I, I do think that people need to understand, like, if you want to do this kind of thing, like it is, you know, it's a lot of work, but if I think I'm seeing firsthand, like you put the time in, you know, you, you can, you can, you can eke out a living doing this thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, dude. Cool. See you later. See you, man. That's the pod. That's it. That's the pod. See you later. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep rating. Keep reviewing. Keep subscribing. We love you. Talk to you soon. Bye.